Hey beautiful soul, this is the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, your host, Adele Johnston. I'm helping you create a vibrant life of joy and happiness without your menopause stealing your personal power and sass. Together, we're making menopause mainstream. So a healthy lifestyle plays a really crucial role in maintaining your bones being strong and healthy. But what does that actually mean? And I guarantee if I asked 10 people what healthy means, they'd each have variations in what they say. Welcome inside a truly personal episode of the Menopause Coach podcast today. The podcast that brings you the latest insights, provoking thoughts and answers your questions in the various menopause health and vibrancy space. And it's all about supporting you with health impacts, truly empowering you to make your most informed decisions about your own health your own happiness and your own menopause journey. So welcome. It's amazing to have you. I am your host Adele as always and today we have an important topic to dive into together. Osteopenia and what you need to know if you've recently been diagnosed with it or have been living with it for some time now already. Osteopenia may or may not be a relatively new term for you listening to this episode today and it's a condition that affects the skeletal system. So we're going to dive into this today. I'm going to explain a bit about what osteopenia is, because this was not a term that before I started really working inside the menopause care space that I was familiar with. I knew what osteoporosis was, but osteopenia is slightly different. Well, actually a big bit different. So we're going to talk a bit about that today and I'm going to share some knowledge with you around the topic of what you need to know. So today's topic then, being diagnosed with osteopenia, this is about what you need to know. If we think about osteopenia as a condition that affects the skeletal system, as we've mentioned, primarily characterised by reduced bone density, okay, and carries a bit of an increased risk of fractures as a result in the bones because they're less mineral dense. So this bone density condition, if we summarise it as that, often goes undetected in so many women until an unfortunate fracture occurs. So that's why it's vital for us to talk about this today and to spread awareness and knowledge around it. Because if we're not familiar with it, then how are we meant to know about it as one and to care for our body during it if we're diagnosed, but we want to be able to prevent it. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you some knowledge around osteopenia, my own recent diagnosis with it in my spine, which was a massive shock, and my experience of a DEXA scan, which you need to know in order to support yourself, all of this stuff. And if you've had a recent diagnosis, I fully appreciate that this may be a topic and a subject that you are still processing, coming to terms with, and being able to move through. So be very gentle with yourself as you listen. And I suppose I invite you to take this journey to enhance your own bone health opportunity, regardless if you have been recently diagnosed or you just have an awareness around your own body's health. So let's start with the basics and what I myself have been reading and learning about in the past week or so since my own diagnosis of osteopenia. First off, the difference between osteopenia and osteoporosis and how they differ from each other. Because this, for me, an obvious starting point if we're not familiar with what osteopenia is. 
So osteopenia and osteoporosis, as we are aware, both conditions are where the bone mineral density decreases, making the bones weaker and more susceptible to fractures, more likely to what we refer to as fragility fractures. So this may be you have a slight slipper trip and end up with a break of a bone. Osteopenia, however, this is basically considered, if we look at it from this point of view, a precursor, something that precedes osteoporosis. So it is not osteoporosis and is deemed milder than osteoporosis itself. It's essentially a warning sign. If I look at it in the simplistic form, the way my brain likes to work, it's basically saying from all of the medical research and all of the medical information that I have consumed and read over the years on this topic and most recently with my own, I suppose, bias around it because I've recently had that diagnosis, is essentially looking at it as a warning sign that your bone density is lower than what is considered to be in the normal range. Or for those of us that have had our DEXA scan, that green zone of the scanning chart. But it is not yet the level of osteoporosis or in that red zone of the DEXA scan chart. So how would someone know if they have osteopenia? It's a great question, right? Because we don't. This is the unfortunate thing, is that osteopenia and osteoporosis for that matter are often silent conditions, meaning that there are usually no symptoms until a fracture occurs. And depending on the cause of the fracture or break, the age of the patient or person and how they present, we may not even have a requirement for a DEXA scan to be performed. So still be none the wiser of the risk. And I just think back to quite a number of years ago, we're probably talking about maybe five, six years ago, I had what would be classed as a fragility fracture caused by the most ridiculously silly fall. I was in the park with the girls and a friend and her children. It was November time, I think, from memory. And I had a slight slip, just slipped on a hill. It was a bit wet and it wasn't too, it wasn't rainy, but it was a bit, bit dewy. So I had a slip. I literally just went from my five foot eight self onto my bottom. But as I went down, I put my left wrist down. I was wearing a Fitbit device. Other devices are available. We are not sponsored by that brand. And I had a slight little slip down onto my wrist, but straight away, I knew I had broken it and I knew I'd broken it badly. I heard it go, sorry for the graphic detail. And yeah, it was, it was pretty decent to be fair. Um, I think the, the comment from being transferred to another hospital to have it dealt with from the surgeon was, never seen an injury like this caused by a fall. This looks like a car crash accident. Crazy, right? So I actually broke my wrist in three places. The two big bones and the little round bone that we have there was completely gone. So it was a really significant break from such a simple little trip or fall. And this was known as a fragility fracture that I'd had a break of the bones. But here's the interesting part to why I'm raising this. Because of my age, I was in my early to mid 30s, we would class it as. I think it was about 34, 35. This was before I'd been diagnosed with perimenopause. So because of my age, there of course was not a requirement for them to perform a DEXA scan. Had they done that, they would have probably recognised that I was a higher risk for osteopenia and osteoporosis. So it's just important for us as individuals 
that if we believe that it has been caused by a fragility slip, trip or fall and we do have suspected genetical impacts for such like osteopenia, osteoporosis, that we are able to then look at performing a DEXA scan to understand where our bone mineral density is sitting. So I will explain what a DEXA scan is in a second. But this is why it's important for us as individuals, if we're deemed as higher risk, to undergo regular screenings with the bone density tests or DEXA scans. And we get to then assess our bone health as a result. Now, obviously, because of my age, it wouldn't have been deemed necessary to perform a DEXA. I wasn't deemed as a risk candidate at that point because, again, there was nothing on my file to indicate that there was reason to suspect that that's what had happened. The surgeon actually suspected that the severity of the break was caused because of the device around my wrist that I was wearing at the time that I fell on it. Lots of factors, but we move on. So a DEXA, D-E-X-A. It's a scan that is performed on your body. It stands for dual energy X-ray absorptometry. And it means that it basically takes a measure of your bone mineral density using two X-ray beams. Super cool, right? It is low level radiation. So it's not the same as what we would deem to be an X-ray per se. And it has different energy levels that it's looking for and performing through. Now, if we look at this in simplicity, because again, my brain loves to be able to look at this and say, but what does that actually mean? Well, what it means is it takes a dual energy X-ray of the two different types of tissues in your bones. So your two different bone tissues. We have, and this, this blows my mind. I love the way the body works, honestly. We have the cortical bone. This is a hard outer layer. It's the strong and dense part of your bone that we recognise in all the images and photographs as being bone. So this is the outside part, so the cortical bone. And then we also have this spongy inner layer, which is like a network, it's super cool, lighter and less dense than the cortical bone called the trabecular bone. Super cool, right? I love this stuff, honestly. Thank you for being here and listening to me waffle on it. So when we look at the different layers of the bone, what the DEXA scan is doing is it's looking at, well, how much ratio of cortical bone to trabecular bone do we have? And understanding then, is this in healthy range or is this in a range that is deemed to require some further medical care? So bones themselves are living tissue. That's pretty cool to learn that. And they're not just bones. They're living tissue with their own blood vessels. They're made of various cells, various proteins, the minerals and vitamins, just like any other part of our amazing body. And this is what enables our bones to grow, to repair, to do all the things they need to do throughout our life, all the way through to adult bones. We have 206 of those from toes to skull. And the role of your bones in your body is far more than just your scaffolding. Okay, this is more than just holding you upright. Yes, they provide the structural support for the body, but they also provide protection for your vital organs, such as your heart and lungs, and give an environment where blood cells are produced in your bone marrow. So they act as a storage area for all your vitamins and your minerals, like calcium. And we all know and associate calcium with strong bones. So the DEXA scan helps us to understand whether there's any deterioration of any type of the two bone tissues that we've mentioned. So what might the main risk factors that can contribute to the development of osteopenia look like then? 
What we have to appreciate with all of this, and I personally was out of the woods with it. I thought I was out of the woods with this one, actually, because of the lifestyle that I lead. But having my recent diagnosis of spinal, or correct term, lumbar osteopenia, really threw me. The whole experience of the DEXA scan was pretty cool. I would say that I didn't know what to expect. They don't lie you down and scan your entire body from head to toe. That was my thoughts. They actually lie you down. The device comes over your head. It's nothing scary. And I am claustrophobic and I was absolutely fine. But it comes over your your head, over down into your pelvic area and it scans your lumbar region, so your spinal. So they take one scan of there and they take one scan of your hip. They used my left hip and it's pretty cool. For between those, they actually came back and advised that my hip area is normal and healthy and in the green. But my spinal, my lumbar readings, show that I'm smack bang in the middle of the osteopenia zone. So I am absolutely determined, or as one of my family members said, stubborn, to change that. Let's look at some of the risk factors because I think this is this is a really important part of the conversation that we get to understand where these risk factors can increase the development of these types of conditions such as osteopenia and osteoporosis. So age is a significant factor and as bone density tends to decrease as we get older, it's not something that we can avoid really, okay? We can't avoid aging And unless we have an enhanced version of Ernest Menville, who worked out the kinks in the 1992 Death Becomes Her Potion, such a brilliant movie. Oh, it's so funny, isn't it? If you've ever watched it, you get my, you get my gist. You get my Ernest gist. If you've never watched it, please go and do so. Death Becomes Her. So funny. But in that movie, there is a potion that basically makes you live forever. But again, you can't ever stop the deterioration of the cells, the skin tissues. A little bit of a squirrel moment there for me. Moving on. So as we move into the risk factors, age is a significant factor, but we have to appreciate that we can't stop aging. We don't want to stop it, right? But we want to be able to live in a really healthy space in our aging. As we move through this, we appreciate that women are at higher risk as we age, and especially during and after menopause, when estrogen levels decline, as estradiol in particular, is so bone protective. So the decrease in key sex hormones leads to increased bone loss. Couple that with aging, we've got a couple of big high risks that are coming in for us ladies. And then other factors that we must also include here are family history which really can't be avoided or altered. You may or may not know if you have a family history or genetical impact for this. A sedentary lifestyle. This is a huge risk factor. Why do you think that I instill this daily as a non-negotiable for myself and for my clients for steps for health? Okay, it's vital for your skeleton amongst all of the other benefits of our steps for health. If you're a smoker, you're increasing your risk excessive alcohol consumption, you're increasing your risk. Now, excessive alcohol consumption, I was like, great, but what is this? What's excessive? Because one person's amount of excess is so different to another's. So I googled it and I had a read on it and I looked at what all of the different typical ranges were stating and took the average. So this is deemed to be misuse where there are around 14 units or more in a week consumed regularly. So let's just repeat that. 
misuse where there are 14 units or more in a week consumed regularly. So then I went, well, what's 14 units and what's regularly? So given a standard 750ml bottle of wine contains 9 to 10 units, that's a level that can be reached through one and a half bottles of wine in reality. So if you are consuming one and a half bottles of wine regularly, basically in a week, that's what we're ultimately looking at, then that would be deemed to be a higher level of risk that we are pinning on to our risk profile. Low body weight can contribute to risk. Certain medications and certain medical conditions such as rheumatoid arthritis, some dietary impacts, so those that maybe have celiac disease. Again, this can have a heightened risk factor. So we just need to be aware of all of this to really afford us the knowledge so that we can then move on to look at the preventative measures so that you can take these and maintain your bone health, reducing your risk of developing these conditions where your risks may be higher. So for me, learning that I actually have a genetic impact, a genetic factor that increases my risk was a real big shock for me. So a healthy lifestyle plays a really crucial role in maintaining your bones being strong and healthy. But what does that actually mean? And I guarantee if I asked 10 people what healthy means, they'd each have variations in what they say. So I want to give you five clear pointers on what we would deem to be a healthy lifestyle to support your body through your skeletal health. We're looking at it from that lens, but we fully appreciate that this actually has a beautiful ripple effect outside of just your skeletal health. So number one, regular weight bearing exercises like walking. We don't just deem weight bearing exercise as going to the gym and lifting weights, but walking, jogging, and yes, weightlifting and resistance training absolutely can help improve your bone mineral density. What we're doing here is we're encouraging the bone to regenerate and repair stronger. And that's what we want. Number two, a balanced diet rich in calcium and vitamin D is absolutely essential. Okay, this is not just a, oh, it might help. This is a, this is essential. So if you're living in a climate such as mine in Scotland, where we don't really get to see that big yellow bright ball in the sky too often, although this is an exception, over the last few days we are in a heat wave, and that feels truly special, as Edinburgh was officially hotter than LA this week. And I have woken up today to come down and record this podcast for you, and I have got factor 30 on my entire body right now. <laughs> with a beautiful outfit on that I feel really abundant in because it's shorts and t-shirts and that has never really been a staple for me. Anybody that knows me well knows that one of my perimenopause symptoms is not actually hot flushes, it's cold sweats. So I am always very chilly and this just feels amazing to wake up and put on shorts and t-shirt with Factor 30 in my back garden in Scotland. What is this sorcery, honestly? So you want to ensure that you are supplementing with vitamin D with a K2. This might blow your mind a bit, but if you can get, and you get a lot of these, you just need to do a good search for them and find a really good supplement provider. But if you can supplement your vitamin D3 with a K2, they can combine together. The one that I use is, and it, this can help with the optimizing of your calcium use in the body. So the K2 not only helps with the absorption of the D, but it also helps you optimize your calcium 
in your body, the use of it in the body. So having a think about a balanced diet, rich in calcium and vitamin D being essential, but making sure that you are supplementing if you are higher risk, if you don't feel that you are in abundance with your food intake. Number three, avoiding smoking and excessive alcohol consumption. Number four, it's also important to identify and manage any underlying conditions or medications that may contribute to bone loss. This is important before I go on to point five and it kind of links in together. It's important you understand and appreciate what medications you are currently taking and the impacts or side effects that they may have. Now, all you have to do to understand that is speak with your medical provider. It is your responsibility to look after your body, nobody else's. So that brings me beautifully onto point five, being clear of what your body needs. You're not me and I'm not you. And this means that we each have to take radical responsibility, beautiful responsibility to feel vibrant in our own bodies. Nobody else is responsible for your body, your health, and you know it way better than any medical provider ever could. Lord above, I've nearly had mine for 40 years this August. I feel with every single year that goes by that my body and I are just so interconnected even more. The more that we are connected with ourselves, the more that we recognise changes and the more that we appreciate when it is communicating to us. So please absolutely take that radical responsibility for your own body and your own health. It is not up to other people to do that for you. Now, for those of you who have already been diagnosed with osteopenia, let's look at what you can do to support your body at this time. This has gone past that whole prevention part of osteopenia and we are now in the management of and prevention of osteoporosis phase. So I am here with you. Treatment plans, may vary depending on the severity of the condition that you are facing. So always seek medical support if you're unsure what to do for your own needs. But what you can start to do to enhance right away is number one, your lifestyle modifications. So such as exercise and diet changes, as we've mentioned previously, to bring more resistance training and weight bearing movement into your days and weeks. Super important non-negotiable, do not pass this opportunity up. Okay, dietary enhancements to support calcium intake and absorption with your vitamin D3 and K2 supplementation and limiting your stimulant use or intake. So such as smoking or alcohol as examples. So realistically, thinking about your lifestyle modifications and get very truthful with yourself. This may feel a bit stingy, When you ask yourself the truth around, are you doing everything you possibly can or are you actually pulling the wool over your own eyes? Are you moving as much as you need to? Have you got enough resistance movement or weight bearing exercise in your day? This is not just about hitting the gym up twice a week. This is actually about getting weight bearing activity in most days, every day through your steps for health and your walk but making sure that you are doing some form of weight training. I can't stress this enough. And maintaining that and aiming for it to be around three sessions per week. For some people, medications may also be prescribed to slow down bone loss and improve your bone strength if it's needed. Always speak with your medical team or your doctor to see if this is needed for you. And these medications may include biphosphonates, 
These are absolutely brilliant for that. And hormone replacement therapy, again, as we know, estrogen is so bone protective. So again, it's important to work closely with your healthcare provider to determine the best treatment plan for your individual needs. Now, if we look at these two lenses, the one that we mentioned on lifestyle is fully within your gift and your control. You get to choose. Everything is choice. You choose whether you do, you choose whether you don't. The second part around medical interventions and and support is where you need to make sure that you are linked in with your medical care provider so that you can understand what is available and make your own informed choice. There's that word again. But what I really want to emphasize here is the importance of proactive bone health management, particularly if you are higher risk or those who have already been diagnosed with osteopenia, Okay, I'm not covering osteoporosis in this episode and we will do a live inside my Instagram in July with a strong bones specialist for osteoporosis particularly. So if you're concerned, you can certainly engage in regular screenings. You can follow a bone healthy lifestyle with the points that we have covered in today's episode and you can work closely with your healthcare provider to develop a personalised plan if you're blessed enough to have that support in place. So if you are supported by our NHS in the UK and the North of Ireland, the National Health Service, and not quite getting the required guidance, then please reach out so my team and I can guide you to the right help. If you're listening to this from America, Canada, overseas, from the UK, welcome. It's always amazing having you with us. And you don't have the NHS, our National Health Service, to provide that support, then again, please reach out. We can certainly guide and support you to the right help to support you with this. And sometimes the right help is just by helping you to understand more, helping to answer your questions. So please do remember that prevention and early intervention can make a significant difference in reducing fracture risk, maintaining a good quality of life. And I'm so grateful that I have my diagnosis as I'm now aware of it and able to make my own informed choices on how I now choose, that word again, to live my life and my lifestyle. It doesn't mean I need to change up everything as I've already had a lot in place And my own diagnosis appears to be genetics playing their role. But I can be mindful of foods that contain more protein, more calcium and more antioxidants to support my physical body. I can be aware of my mindset practices to support my mental health and coping strategies. And I can also be aware that I must be weight bearing three times per week minimum to support my bones and muscles more than ever. That's on top of my daily steps for health. So I can also be aware of my alcohol consumption and how it takes just one and a half bottles of wine to equate to what we would deem higher risk consumption if consumed in high frequency, which I personally don't do, but I do enjoy a few G&Ts on a night out and that won't change, okay, when I make my informed choice. So the purpose of this episode is to bring the discussion to your AirPods or your any other brands available, devices that you use to listen, your headphones. And I'm in the middle of a really core part of my own diagnosis phase with osteopenia, where the initial reality hit, the fear set in, the whole what can I do to resolve this came about. It's my recovering perfectionist personality, but being able to look at this from a really knowledgeable perspective is what has helped me to process this 
and to accept it. The reason that I share this with you is because I had a conversation with an a client, a current client of mine who also has osteopenia and she struggled to come to terms with it. She struggled to be able to process it and it did give her the fear. And my whole response to this is that when we have an, um, an understanding and a knowledge and we feel that empowerment that we get to make choice on how we move forwards, that is what helps us to process. That is what helps us to accept and that is what helps us to be able to move forward with a really strong mental health and clarity. So I would love to invite you to come inside my email inbox, ask your questions, drop in to DMs inside Instagram, come and chat with me around anything that comes up for you through this episode. If you have had a diagnosis of osteopenia and you want to chat it through with another person, myself, who has also had that diagnosis, then I am here for you. I am holding space for you. And it's really important that we get to take on board this inside a special place that holds the energy and the abundance for loving reasons. So I want to thank you for being here and listening into this episode of the Menopause Coach Podcast. I truly hope that you find this topic informative and helpful. And remember, your bone health matters. So take some steps to protect it. It's taken for granted, right? This is a thing that we just take for granted. We can get out of bed with a spring in our step, that we can stand up from our seat with power and stability, or even manage to get outside each day for our steps for health. Let's keep it that way as much as possible. You are doing this now for your future self. The Adele that is 39 and turning 40 in August is doing what she is doing right now to protect her version of her in her 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s and beyond. I want to still be that person that can lift her own luggage. I want to be that woman that does her own shopping. I want to be that person that is known for being very mobile in her 80s, 90s, and who knows, maybe even beyond. I want to live a very happy, mobile life. So that is why I do what I do. That is why I live the lifestyle that I live now. And I would hope that each and every one of you listening to this today has taken at least one thing away that is going to help you to enhance your own lifestyle. Get out as much as possible. Do your steps for health daily. Build in some resistance and weight-bearing activities. Make sure that your dietary intake is supportive of either your diagnosis of osteopenia or the prevention of. We're going to dive into, so stay tuned for our next episode, another important menopause topic. Until then, take care of yourself, be well and shine your vibrant light as you do. Please do drop into the DMs or emails if anything has come up for you in this episode that you want or need support with. My team and I are here to help you. I truly hope this episode has sparked something vibrant inside of you. I ask only one thing. To help keep these episodes coming, please subscribe and share with another in your life. That's how we reach more women worldwide and we help them step into their power. Because together, we are working to remove any of the stigma and taboo that surrounds menopause. This does not need to be a daunting, a scary, a taboo time in anyone's life. So together, let's make menopause mainstream.